Hey, it's Sky Brothers here. View from the cheap seats this week. We have an unbelievable guest. Uh, he played for in the NFL, had over ten thousand six hundred yards rushing, and now he's got a great acting career. He's Thomas Q. Jones. Man, did you have fun on the show? Man, I had a blast on this show. Thank we you so much deep. for inviting me. Yeah, we got super deep, man. It was early in the morning out here in the West Coast. Man, Listen, y'all, got man, my, y'all got my brain working early, man. Talk so. Issues. I'm yeah. talking issues. I'm saying, look, we got so deep, we put her butt to sleep. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. You're listening to Mystic Party on Feral Audio. And we've got a little surprise in store. Feral Audio is giving you a sneak peek at a favorite new podcast called Inside the Exorcist. It's a seven-part series inspired by the creepy true stories that surrounded the filming of one of the most unforgettable horror movies ever made, The Exorcist. Think of this podcast as the ultimate backlot tour, but it's not for the faint-hearted. If you've seen The Exorcist, you'll remember how it all started in 1973. Hell came and invaded the body of a young girl. Doctors wouldn't treat her. Psychiatrists dismissed her. Priests gave their lives to save her. This is a podcast about the brute force of filmmaking. Take a deep dive into the story behind the chilling film and hear the fear yourself. Check out this exclusive clip of the first episode. And don't forget to subscribe to Inside the Exorcists wherever you listen to podcasts. The following contains mature content. You've been warned. From Wondery, I'm Mark Ramsey, and this is part one of Inside November 22nd, 1993, McAllen, Texas. About 80 miles from the Gulf of Mexico, the old man sits in his wheelchair on his back stoop. He stares into the black evening sky. His hands clutch something, a pill bottle. It's full barbiturates for the pain, always the pain. He choked them down, every one. He watched the empty pill bottle roll off the stoop and onto the ground. Hey, Bill, why don't you come on inside now? It's getting late and it's cold out here. (sighs) Take me to bed. Bill Brinkley was 76. A celebrated author, his final novel was The Last Ship, a book about the crews of an American destroyer and a Russian nuclear submarine who are the last survivors of a nuclear war. In 2014, it would become a TV series. The world would catch up with one man's bleak vision. Okay, we'll see you in the morning. Good night. Brinkley could feel the pills burst in his stomach as he lay quietly in his pitch-black room. Eyes wide open, he watched the room stretch and sway. He watched the walls bend. He felt the bedding loosen. He was not alone under those sheets. He felt himself sinking into the bed as if it was swallowing him whole. 
Bill, are you okay? I thought I heard something. I'm okay. Okay, good night. Staring into nothingness, seeing... What is it? He saw something swirling over him, as if the ceiling had opened into a vast abyss, one that was drawing him up. He stretched out his arms. He closed his eyes. He felt his bedclothes dangle beneath him. He felt icy, sharp claws on his chest and back, turning him in midair. He stopped was a vile, hot breath in his face. As life drained away, he opened his eyes one final time. Bill Brinkley had been Deeply depressed, his friends said. Depressed and terrified for a very long time. Brinkley had always been a writer. Before the books, he worked for the Washington Post. In 1949, he wrote the strangest story of his career, and it was all true. It was on the front page under the headline, Priest Freeze Mount Rainier Boy Reported Held in Devil's Grip. It was the most famous exorcism case in American history. He could never shake the things he heard and saw then. There was no distance in time and space great enough to set him free. That's when the nightmares began. And November 22nd, 1993 is when they would end. But that story about the exorcism of a 14-year-old boy in a tranquil enclave of suburban Washington, that story would not die. It would haunt that boy forever. It would stick in the imagination of one Georgetown student who would later transform it into a horrifying best-selling novel. And the film based on that novel would terrify generations of moviegoers convinced that you or I at any time could be possessed by a demon. And it all began with a boy known as Robbie. July 2017. Hello? Um, hello, is this Robbie or Rob? Yes. Are you the Rob whose exorcism in 1949 was the basis for the movie The Exorcist? Who is this? <clears throat> My name is, um... Mark Ramsey, and I'm, I'm, I'm creating a, a seven-part podcast on the making of the movie The Exorcist, and your story is the foundation for that movie, so I'd, I'd really love to, to talk with you for just a few minutes about your experiences back in 1949. Would, would, would that be okay? Do not ever call me again. Saturday, January 15, 1949. Mount Rainier, Maryland. A pleasant, tree-lined neighborhood of close-packed stucco homes. Newsboys and pedestrians, smiles and waves. 
Everyone knew the folks next door. Even the mayor knew every resident by name. There were no strangers. There was nothing strange. It began with a drip. Robbie and his grandmother heard it. Robbie was a quiet boy, a private boy, not yet 14. I checked the faucet in the kitchen, Grandma. How about you? I checked and went upstairs. Nothing, Robbie. They followed the noise to Grandmother's room. Above the ceiling, in the walls, hanging over her bed, a painting of Jesus. As they approached, they could see... They could see it move. It was trembling, shaking, as if as if something was behind it, throwing a fist against the wall. They didn't move. They didn't breathe. They were in the middle of the room. They didn't touch anything. What made that noise? The dripping had stopped. Mom, Dad, you have to come upstairs and listen to this. What is it, Robbie? It sounds like, like, like claws scraping across wood. In the morning, an exterminator pulled up floorboards and ripped down wall panels. He was looking for rodents. He found nothing. It was a nuisance, an annoyance, but harmless. Harmless. A new day. Still, the mysterious scratching. Robbie's at home in the basement, alone. He's playing one of his favorite games. It was a gift from his Aunt Harriet in St. Louis. A polished wood board, a Ouija board. On it, all the letters of the alphabet, numbers zero through nine, in two words, yes and no. His fingers gently moved a small wooden platform, a planchette, across it. With this You can make contact with the spirit world, Aunt Harriet told him. The dead can speak to you. He wanted the dead to speak to him. He wanted it so very much. It was January 26, 1949, less than two weeks after the scratching noises started, and Aunt Harriet had suddenly died. So how was that for a taste? If you'd like to hear the rest of the episode as well as the entire episode, too... Go to the feed of Inside the Exorcist now. Simply search Inside the Exorcist on your favorite podcast player, or if you're listening on a smartphone, tap or swipe over the cover art of the podcast you're listening to right now, and you'll find a link on the episode notes. When you get to the feed of Inside the Exorcist, please remember to download the first two episodes and hit subscribe. That way you won't miss any new installments. We're thrilled to bring you Season 2 of Inside, Inside the Exorcist. Hey, wrestling fans. And non-wrestling fans. Check out our podcast, You Should Love Wrestling, the show where we try to convince our friends to love wrestling. I hate wrestling. We talk about all the best and worst parts of wrestling. Like Stone Cold Steve Austin. Spills a lot of beer. Or Yoshiko. That's a literal sex doll that wrestles. All in an effort to help you love professional wrestling. Subscribe to You Should Love Wrestling on iTunes or your favorite podcasting app.
grants of the United States government, it is the mission of the National Security Agency to assess and flag citizens of the country who may present a threat to its security. <laughs> the NSA has clearance to wiretap by any means necessary. Tapped. Incidental recordings of private conversations from the files of the NSA. Now on feralaudio.com.